because it is so predictable. It's predictable. Hi, this is Jake Turner for the Turning Point of the Sports World. You can find me at Twitter at, at @JakeTurnerSport, or you can find me on iTunes, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. It's time to get to the turning point of the sports world. Football is back, and man alive, I can't tell you enough how excited I am for this. But you know, the funny thing is, we could jump into training camp, we could talk about the surprise teams, but you know what? I, I gotta bring on this guy, because he knows it. He's from NFL Network. NFL and Fox, he's going to be the Tennessee Titans color commentator for the third season in a row. He is Charles Davis. And uh, Charles, talk about right now, first off, uh, what does Mike Vrabel and Matt LaFleur do uh, going forward for the Titans? You know, it's going to be fun to watch, I think. Mike Vrabel, the new head coach of the Titans, you know he comes with a defensive background. Mm -hmm. in the league, so he has that instant credibility in a locker room. You know, these guys, and he, he hasn't been so far retired that these guys wouldn't remember his name or remember watching him play. You know, they've actually seen him score touchdowns in the Super Bowl on special plays, even though he was an outside linebacker. Had a very nice career playing for multiple teams. Matt LaFleur, a little bit more of a mystery for a lot of people because he's been an offensive coordinator, but he hasn't been the guy who's been calling the plays in Los Angeles, you know, last mm -hmm. year with, 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 um, uh, with, with their friend, you know, Sean McVay, excuse me, their head coach, he called the plays. But he comes from a great background, been with the Atlanta Falcons with Matt Ryan, obviously last year with the birth of, you know, the rebirth of Jared Goff. I think it's going to be exciting to watch because Marcus Mariota needs a creative mind running the offense, needs someone who can open things up for him a little bit, and he just needs to stay healthy. Because at his best, when he is healthy, able to run, I've heard that he's taken the knee brace off in the early practice sessions this year, you know, in spring practices. He took the knee brace off they've been wearing the last couple of years. I think all of that is very good, very positive. And it's his fourth year as a starting quarterback in the NFL. It's time for him to make a jump. It's time for him to ascend. How big is uh, Derrick Henry now with uh, DeMarco Murray retiring? Oh, man. It's, it's a, listen, they played a style of ball. They're Mike Malarkey. They like to call it exotic smash mouth. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> Marco Murray was the lead back. Derrick Henry would come in and be the hammer. Now, Henry will be the hammer right from the beginning. But remember, they added Deion Lewis from the New England mm -hmm. So they've got a chance to have that old thunder-lightning type of a deal in the backfield. But Henry's the type of back who hasn't gotten nearly the carries he's wanted his first few years in the NFL. He's the type of guy who will want it 20 times a game. And I think if he gets it, he'll have a, a real effect on a defense. He can wear people down with his size and his, and his girth. Plus, I think he catches the ball a little bit better out of the backfield than what people know. And I think they will find a way to take advantage of that skill, maybe maybe more so than the previous staff was able to with him. He's Charles Davis, uh, NFL Network, college football, NFL on Fox, joining us here on Turning Points. Uh, speaking about Thunder and Lightning, I think we could say that about Deshaun Watson here. So how big of a sophomore season is this also for Deshaun Watson and the Texan offense going forward? Did we ever think that we would say that a person might be more valuable or a bigger face for the franchise of the Houston Texans than J.J. Watt? Oh, without I think, question. I, I think we might be doing that with Deshaun Watson. Mm -hmm. That's how big of a deal it is. You know, when he took over last year, they started to really make their move, and then when he got hurt, they kind of fell off the cliff. And in addition, their defense had a ton of injuries. 
they get Watt back, they get Whitney Merciless back, they get to, get to rebuild their defense, they sign Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger, to play in the secondary, and a full season out of Deshaun Watson, who really played well as a rookie. I mean, way better than I think most projections had. Handled it with maturity, with poise, with flair, made some plays with his legs and his arm, coming off of an ACL. I think that they get full 16 games out of him. Houston contends for the, the AFC South title, even though last year was a disaster for them. They have enough coming back and enough nucleus that they need the big play from their quarterback, and that's how big a deal it is for Deshaun Watson and for Houston. You talk about big-time plays for a quarterback. I don't think we can ever say that about Andrew Luck, but, I mean, how big is Andrew Luck to the Colts offense with new head coach Frank Reich? He means everything to them, you know, and, and let's face it, we haven't seen him throw the football really for two years now, mm-hmm. and that's what they need, and we have to remember, prior to Andrew Luck getting hurt, who ran the AFC South? The Indianapolis Colts did. Absolutely. Even though many people thought that they wouldn't, from the time Andrew Luck got there, they've been a, they were a perennial 10-11 win season team, and win the AFC South and get into the playoffs, he's been hurt, they've struggled ever since. I don't think it's hyperbole hyperbole to say Andrew Luck at full health and now the Colts are in the mix in the South the South <laughs> has gone to me from being a laughing stock division to a division that's extremely competitive do they still have the teams I mean will one of those teams emerge and be one of the top teams in AFC that remains to be seen but within their own division extremely competitive especially when you consider the rise of Jacksonville last year and what they did going to the AFC championship game they'll be the favorite but within that division, Tennessee went to the playoffs last year. We've already talked about Indianapolis if they get if they get luck back. And we talked about Houston getting Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt back. I think it would be very competitive and a lot of fun to watch. Speaking about somebody that's fun to watch here, Keelan Cole really stepped up big time when Allen Robinson tore his ACL last year. So this young crop of receivers now that Jacksonville has should be quite exciting for them. Yeah, and, and that's where... Blake Bortles kicks in for them too because if they get that play out of the receivers and he's able to deliver the ball accurately and on time it'll take a ton of pressure off of their running game and it'll take a ton of pressure off of Blake Bortles I mean I remember last year people ridiculing him a little bit because he ran for more yards than he passed for in a playoff game Mm -hmm. and I know that's not ideal in today's NFL football but I thought he had the moxie to use his legs to create plays and help them win that playoff game. And the last guy to do that in a playoff game is a Hall of Fame quarterback by the name of Bob Greasy. So I don't think it was a bad thing by what he did. I thought it was an excellent thing. Do they want more consistency out of him throwing the ball? Definitely. But he's got some targets, got some people, and I think that this year this offense will really start to come around a little bit more, especially with Leonard Fournette continuing to be the focal point of it. Nice touch on the Bob Greasy thing. I mean, always got to be a fan of the 70s Dolphins here. He's Charles Davis, NFL Network, NFL Fox, going to be the Titans color commentator for the third season. Todd Gurley got paid nicely here for the Rams. Now, it's kind of interesting to see, you know, because they're looking at Brandon Cooks for a wideout. But, I mean, Todd Gurley, it's got to be centered around him for the offense with Sean McVay. It has to, and it was last year. And you remember... He was over 2,000 total yards last year mm-hmm. and helped the Rams run to an incredible record. Think about this way. The year before Sean McVay and his staff show up, Todd Gurley, I don't, think he, I don't know if he ran for 700, 800 yards the year before. 
He was averaging well no. less than four yeah. yards per carry. Mm-hmm. Didn't catch the ball as often as he should be. One season, look at the difference. Well over 1,000 yards on the ground. I mean, catching the football in the backfield. Over 2,000 yards total set the tone for that offense and allowed other people to make plays out on the perimeter as well. Jared Goff jumped up as a quarterback. He, Todd Gurley makes a huge difference for an offense, an absolute huge difference. So they get him paid now, and this is a Rams team that expects to contend for the Super Bowl. And look at their offseason moves, too. I mean, they went out in free agency. They made trades. The only piece they have left now to me, they got to get Aaron Donald signed. Once they get Aaron Donald and his contract settled and signed, if barring injuries, no excuses left, you know, no excuses for the Rams. They will feel like they are going to run the NFC West and contend for a shot at the Super Bowl. Charles, I've been saying that for three years when it comes to Aaron Donald getting paid. Man, get this guy paid. He's get the best defensive tackle in football, <laughs> man. Seriously. The guy's been unbelievable since he was at Pittsburgh. Exactly. So t- talking about that here, what are some of the draft picks that you're looking out for from the first round this year going into training camp? Well, we always talk quarterbacks, and that, that, mm-hmm. that stuff will, will sort itself out. I'm hoping Sam Darnold gets signed with the Jets. To me, yeah. he should have the ball in game one. Mm-hmm. I would not be in a situation where he has to sit behind Josh McCown and, and, and learn his way along. This is a Jets team that's still not playoff caliber, so I would ride the rookie and get him acclimated as fast as I can because I think the benefits will come to them faster if they do that. I think that Josh Rosen is in an interesting situation in Arizona because he will compete for the starting job, but they have an easy fallback in being able to go to to um, Sam Bradford. The only thing about Bradford, as we all know, is injury issues. He rarely completes a season. The thing that I think that's working in Josh Rosen's favor, if he plays well throughout the preseason, is that you have a rookie head coach as well, Steve Wilkes. And rookie head coaches may very well say, I'm tying myself to my young quarterback. It's going to be me and him. We're going to ride into the sunset. So that might be a good thing for him. I think that down the line, you know, you almost pick a spot and you say, okay, who's the guy that I like? Green Bay needed to get better on defense, right? Yes, absolutely. What did they do in the draft? We all know that, right? They mm-hmm. end up firing Dom Capers. They bring in Mike Pett to be the new defensive coordinator. But they go and they get Jair Alexander, a corner out of Louisville in the first round. Josh Jackson, who was just a ball magnet corner at Iowa. I think he mm-hmm. had four interceptions in that big win over Ohio State. Got him in the second round. The linebacker, Oren Burks from Vanderbilt in the third round. I mean, they just went they heavy defense right off the top. And I thought that was a great move for them because that's what they're going to need to deal with Minnesota and their high-flying offense and Detroit and the way that Matthew Stafford throws the ball around. And I will tell you this, Derwin James – the safety from from the, who the Los Angeles Chargers got. Love that pick. They've been look. They've been looking for that guy who's going to play back there and, and enforce the middle, like Eric Weddle did for all those years. James is a bigger, superior athlete. We'll have to find out if he has the instincts and the playmaking ability that Weddle has always exhibited. Remember, everybody overlooked Weddle coming out of the University of Utah, and he's just been a perennial Pro Bowl, All Pro type player. James looks the part. But the instincts, the playmaking ability, the, the, the way that he diagnosed plays, Derek Weddle, and made tackles in open field, James is going to have to pick up that mantle. But he definitely has all the tools to get that done. Baker Mayfield will be on the blank in 2018. He will be on the bench to begin the season. But I don't believe he will be when the season ends. Wow. In fact... 
in, in fact, it's a very tough conundrum because Hugh Jackson needs to win games to retain his job, which means you start Tyrod Taylor, a veteran quarterback who went to the playoffs last year in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. But it's a brand-new general manager in John Dorsey. This is his first year there, and he made the bold pick of Baker Mayfield at the top of the draft. That's a tough one. Hugh needs to win games. That first month is going to be crucial. If the Browns come out of that first month and don't show any signs of improvement and don't win any games in that time frame, you may very well have an interim coach the rest of the year. And to me, that would signify Baker Mayfield getting the ball right then and there because he's definitely their future. How many wins will the Cleveland Browns have this year? I'm going to start, I'm going to start with uh, five wins. Five wins. All five right. Wins. And they were in a lot of games last year and didn't know how to close. Yes. The key for them is getting a win early for confidence. Because last year you could see them look at the scoreboard in the fourth quarter and say, hey, we're in the lead. This is great. Yeah, we'll find a way to screw it up. And that's invariably what would happen. If they can get a breakthrough win, imagine if they could upset Pittsburgh in their opener. That could carry. I'm not going to say it takes them to the playoffs or, 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 you know, all of a sudden winning the division. But it would change the whole outlook and focus for that team and make them even more dangerous to play. Because they, they're good on defense now. They're good on D, and they just have to find a way to win a game so that they don't collapse in the fourth quarter of close ones. So there you go, Cleveland fans. Have a little faith in what the Browns are trying to do with John Dorsey and Elliot Wolf. Uh, Charles, thank you so much for joining us here. Uh, have fun on the training camp, and also good luck with the Titans in the preseason. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it, and all the best to you for continued success. All right. Thank you, Charles. I'll be in touch uh, over the next couple months. Sounds great. Look forward to it. You be good. All right. Thank you. All right. That was uh, that was Charles Davis, NFL Network, NFL and Fox, college football. He's going to be the Titans color commentator for the third season in a row. We're going to have more turning points when we return right here on Die Hard Sports Radio.